Welcome back to the JTCC podcast. I'm Nicole, and today I have JTCC's Director of Competition, Ben Cappuccini, here to talk about JTCC's competition philosophy and the meaning behind it. Ben has been at JTCC for almost five years. He has trained national champions and has traveled all over the world to international tournaments. Ben's job at JTCC is to shape and develop our competition philosophy. Ben, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. To start, can you tell me a little bit about your idea of a player with competitive instincts? Well, there's a lot to say about that, I think. Um, instincts are different for each moment, but I have a pretty good story about that. Years ago, when I first started coaching, I worked with a, a very good boy. Uh, he he was top 20 ITF, and uh, in one day in the final of a, of a big ITF tournament, uh, he's, uh, he's supposed to lose because we're going indoors, it's raining outside, the tournament was an outdoor tournament, <laughs> and he's playing a, a taller, stronger guy who's really used to playing out, uh, indoors. He, he's from California and never played on it. And so we, we move indoors. Um, he hangs in there as hard as he can. He fights so hard to hold serve, scrambles every game. The guy is cruising through his, through his service game. Anyways, he finds himself at 6-5 up, and he's open on, thir- he's open on serving. His opponent uh, is up 3-15, open on double faults. And at this moment, he looks at me and shakes his head. <laughs> and you know the kind of shaking your head where like yeah. okay now nah, I got this I'm yeah. gonna, I'm going to make a move and at that moment the guy was serving and volleying a lot he you know his name is Mateusz Mateusz yeah. steps forward takes the return puts it in the feet perfectly the guy pops up the volley Mateusz passes yeah. set point I mean he hasn't <laughs> had one break point all set yeah. he finds himself at a set point looks at me again shakes his head again I mean and I'm like I'm getting goosebumps cuz I, yeah. I did not see that coming at all and um, same thing, set point, boom, steps in on the return, <laughs> great, great return of serving the feet, and the guy misses the volley, he breaks, wins the set, and then the, se- the guy is, gets mad and goes away in the second set, he ends up winning the tournament. Wow. And I, I was, that was early in my career, I was about you know, 20, 26, 27 years old, and uh, as a coach, I had not seen much um, you know, of uh, players like this who were able to raise their level um, at a certain moment, and really, he was scared going into the match but really overlooked that and stayed in the moment when it mattered. And I think it's that presence at that moment where you can be scared, you can be angry, you, you can have a lot of feelings in there, but once you're about to play the points, you, you remember the guy's serving pattern. The, this guy was serving to the body a lot when the, if the game score was close. Mateusz read that perfectly, took the back end from inside the body and played in the feet. I mean, he was a step ahead on these two points. And it's not like he was always, uh, you know, competing perfect and he made it to number one in the world. He didn't. But as a competitor, in some big moments, he was there. And that's, that's I think, what the instincts are. That's important. Yeah. Um, so do you think having a competitive spirit is something that somebody is born with or can it be taught? Oh, wow. Well, um, <laughs> there wouldn't be too many good uh, tennis players if you had to be born with it. No, yeah. you can. I don't know about teaching. I think you could say molding, or you could say um, maybe putting someone in the right situations to develop that. But uh, yeah, you can definitely help someone become better with competitive spirit. Um, it's all about finding the right environment and finding the right the right moments to find to help the players get the confidence that they need. That's right. So you kind of answered my next question. What are the steps to developing a competitive mindset? Well, I mean, no, no, actually, the the first step is to help a player uh, believe in in himself or herself 
And then I think the second step is getting a player to know himself. Uh, once you have a good feel of what your strengths and your weaknesses are, you know what you're going to go for. It's going to, going to help you make choices. I mean, Rafael Nadal, I was watching recently a little documentary about him and his, his um, academy, and uh, he, he was telling some of uh, the players over there that they have to know themselves well because knowledge makes you fast. Mm -hmm. And when you're fast, you can have better reactions. And I think sometimes when players get scared, it's because of the unknown. But once you take as much unknown out of the way, knowing what your reactions are going to be, then you can play a little bit more freely, and that might give you an advantage. What are the signs of external and internal competitive instincts, do you oh, think? Well, well we, we have a lot of great ones out here. Um, I think external is definitely um, needing the environment to be in a certain way for you to perform and for you to compete well. For example, you need, some players need to be on a center court to raise their level mm -hmm. or the opposite some players need to be on the back back court to feel free and have no distractions some players like when the crowd is ready against them some players like being cheered on yeah you know but external is a little bit more difficult because you can't always get the condition that you want internal is a lot easier when you when you find a player that has the internal drive and the internal competitiveness um, for for coach then you can focus on all the rest you know you don't have to teach them as much yeah. So you've traveled all over the world. Um, what are some of the differences in the competitive culture in the players around the world compared to our young American players here? Uh, it's interesting because I just got back from Central America, actually. I was there for a couple of ITFs. There were players from, from all over, but a lot of uh, Central Americans and uh, South Americans over there. Mm -hmm. And that one thing that was striking is that regardless of their level, regardless of their technique, of anything is how hard they fought. I found that absolutely, I was admiring that a lot. Um, some players in the first round of qualifications came from countries such as Honduras, for example, which is not exactly the hub of tennis. Right. But, and you know, you they really had crappy techniques, but they, they fought no matter what. And they didn't care about how things looked. They didn't care about the score as much. And they just gave their best honest effort. I think that's something that, that we're looking for as coaches is that your player gives a, their best honest effort no matter how good or bad they're feeling, mm -hmm. no matter how the match is developing. And um, that really helped our players over there. I could show that to some of our players who maybe, you know, they're, they're afraid of competing as hard when they're, when they're not playing very well and when some shots are not working. But then seeing other players that are actually worse than them do it the, this way, I think that opened their eyes tremendously. So there was a lot of value uh, taking that trip over there and seeing this kind of players. Yeah, and I remember you mentioning that in our um, breakout meeting. So you, so you feel that that's important to teach um, here? Absolutely. Start, start uh, I mean, I think the number one value that we want to have um, as a tennis player and for us as tennis coaches and our students is giving your best effort no matter what. Right. And there is no reason not to. So we always say never to give up, but it's, I think it's a little bit stronger than that. Yeah. It's knowing that it doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter if you, how you feel. And you're allowed, you have to accept to feel poorly, to feel scared, to feel angry. All these are acceptable. I think sometimes uh, we'll, we make the kids feel like they're not allowed to feel angry. They're not allowed to feel scared, but all of these are normal. Um, yeah. All the best players in the world feel that way. Sometimes even they don't compete as well as they 
they want to uh, because of these emotions. But overall, the best ones are, are the ones that are, be, that are able to stay in the moment um, and to kind of forego all that right when the point is about to start and let their instinct take over. You know, trust your training. Yes, exactly. Trust your training. <laughs> That's a good. Um, in all sports, belief comes first and then confidence is added through training and, of course, winning. So this establishes a competitive mindset. How is this worked on every day here at JTCC, and how could parents and coaches work on that with our, their young players? Well, everything is about a habit, and comp- competing is is no different. So competing a little bit every day, or you know, as often as you can, uh, and in different ways. And again, forcing, try to raise a culture of giving your best at all times, and, and not sometimes we we praise success you know even on the moment like nice mm-hmm. shot but it's not necessarily just about the nice shot it's how hard you work for that shot the way we phrase things on a daily basis is very important yeah and i i think that's what we try to do a good job with is letting the kids know that their level of effort is is everything and then that the rest will come you know we always talk about oh process before results and so on and that's absolutely true but the wording that we use in our feedback that's what makes a difference so this is how we try to work on it we put them in situations where they have to compete and trying to let them understand that no matter what the result they keep keep giving their best effort and all is good and it's coming it's working together and how about the parents how can parents work on a competitive mindset with their players same thing the the same phrasing thing. is very important i think yeah. uh you know nowadays we we use a lot of words such as should you should mm-hmm. have hit down line you should have won uh, that game when you were up 40 love and those these words are very dangerous because they bring a judgment mindset to to the players and they put some kind of pressure on the moment now mm-hmm. the, the kids start thinking oh yeah i should have won that yeah. like I, I should close oh i can't then i'm not good at closing but that's not that's not really how it is it's mm-hmm. a little bit more complicated than that if you look in details you know yeah. how did your opponent serve uh what what was your how did you feel at that moment did you you know make up that feeling well enough all that is part of competing are you able to stay in the moment enough to you know let your game express itself did you look for your strength you know all these things have to come together. So the way we phrase it is uh, is extremely important. And if we want an ideal step-by-step in 10 and under, I think the main questions are, did you give it all? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, when did you give, not give your best? When did you give your best? And can you give your best more consistently the next time? And then you're going to see progress. Then in 12 and under then the awareness has to be raised a little bit about uh, the player and the opponent. For example, great questions to ask, what did you do well? Mm-hmm. What could you have done better or differently? What was, your opponent was, uh, what was your opponent good at? What was your opponent not very good at? Did your, did your player, did your kid see all these things? And then if they're able to answer all of this, their life you know, throughout uh, tennis will, be, will become easier and easier. If right off the bat, when they come off the court, you tell them, ah, you could have done this, you didn't see that, then yes, you're probably right. And yeah. you're probably making true statements because these things are not very difficult to see. Yeah. But then are you really helping them see these things? Are you really helping them get confidence into... Like, oh, I can figure these things out when I'm out there on the moment. Because mm-hmm. this is exactly what we want for the time they are 16, 17, 18, and then hopefully later on when they play college or pro. Um, by, four, by the 14s, they need to understand momentum. 
because momentum is what you're going to win tough match with you know, tough matches uh, for example there are very few scores right now on the pro tour that are 6262 mm -hmm. you're going to see a lot of 6475 644663 you know and at 76675 matches are tough yeah. and so it plays not much and you need to know when you got the momentum and when you didn't uh, i had this player I was working with for a while. Um, he, when he came out of college, he didn't have any ATP points, wanted to play. So we worked with, together for a few months. And then he went on the road on his own. He didn't have enough money to take a coach with him. Mm -hmm. So he goes to Israel and goes to play a few, a, a few futures. And um, he called me every evening to tell me about his matches. And conversations sounded like... Yeah, first set, we're holding serves at 3-3, 30-all. I get that short ball on my forehand like we worked on, but I hesitated. I let the ball drop a little bit. I miss it in the net. I get broken on the next point. The guy steps in. Um, then, I, you know, he held serve. Uh, I couldn't do much on the return, so he won that set 6-4. Six, uh, six, uh, second set, on the other hand, I, I forced myself to go forward more. I look for my forehand up the line, taking the ball earlier. So now I put a lot more pressure on him. He started giving me easier volleys. I mean, he's breaking down mm -hmm. with all the key moments of the match. And I had nothing to do. <laughs> I, was, I was just listening and saying, yeah, oh, good, yes. Um, okay, well, next time, do, you know, yeah. do this. And that's it. The player, the player was coaching himself. Yeah. But obviously, he was 23 years old. He already had seen a good amount of tennis. But this is, this is something, a, a moment where you know that a player feels the moment and how important each moment is and that take that takes being self-assured yeah so i know you mentioned um the environment beforehand how important is the training environment for shaping the competitive instincts in young players that's pretty much everything i mean we we have to bring a culture of our own um pretty much on a daily basis uh the key is to make players believe in themselves enough and you know, accept players for who they are because if we don't accept them for who they are, then how can I, can they accept themselves too? Uh, but also not let them get away with uh, lack of effort or you know giving up anything like this. So this is this is really important in the culture that we bring, the the energy that we bring, the questions that we bring to the players, and then helping them find answers to give them confidence. Yeah, absolutely. So what has been done at JTCC and what should be done in the future to improve the environment? Well, here? I think uh, <laughs> something we do well and we try to do well is uh, working with everyone individually. Mm -hmm. you know, getting to know them, not just, not just their game and their game style, but who they are as people. Trying to balance between that, uh, that acceptance about who they are and then really trying to give them the support, but also not letting them get away with anything. Um, we need to talk about effort more. I think that's that's what uh, any place right now is looking to do to be to bring competitors up is to let to talk about effort more than you talk about results. Um, a lot of times we are going to say how well one of our former pro players played, yep. but we're not necessarily going to talk about the effort that they put or how they clinched a match with their heart or mm -hmm. how they made the right decision at that at which moment. And I think if we show this to young players, they will start understanding that these moments are more important than the overall result. Yeah, I totally agree with you. JTCC alums and my previous two podcast guests, Dennis Kudla and Francis Tiafo, are both great competitors. What can our JTCC players learn from them? Uh, first, their, their daily desire. Um, mm -hmm. I was not here 
uh, when either of them was really training here. Um, Francis Yahoo was a little bit toward the end. Uh, mm -hmm. Dennis Kudla was not here at all. But I was coaching players who actually played against uh, Kudla. And very interesting stories about him. Yeah. One of my players played against him uh, at uh, Orange Bowl 16s, I believe, in the round of 16. And my player won. I played a perfect match. I mean, yeah. uh, the goal was to play to Dennis's forehand because his backhand was already world-class. Mm -hmm. Forehand was a little bit more of a liability. So that was the goal. And my player played the perfect perfect match tactically. Everything executed right. Won fairly easily, 6-3, 6-1. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see Dennis until uh, Carson, which is about four months later. My player played... Dennis again and that was a completely different match the tactic was the same we had not seen Dennis since then and uh, Nicolas Bacillagerie the player yeah. um, he he tried to do the same thing and then uh, Dennis ended up winning in three sets and playing being much tougher so yeah. that resilience and that learning from your mistakes you could really see that Dennis went back to work mm -hmm. and filled some holes and then you know my player was expecting the match to go maybe a little bit the same way it didn't and kind of got shocked when the ball came back better, stronger, yeah. deeper. So you, you can see the work. And then um, for Francis Tiafo, when if you talk to uh, Ali or Oliver, some of our coaches that have been here forever, you hear stories that give you goosebumps about yeah. how Francis was working every day, t trying to play with anybody here and having his racket on his shoulder, looking for partners mm -hmm. to do extra on his own outside of practice. I think that kind of passion... Uh, you you can't buy it, and it it's going to take you places. Um, the really funny story of as far as competition for Francis yeah. is um, when I first got here, I asked him. So, when you were in the twelves and the fourteens, I've never seen you play. Did you play the same game style? He's like, oh no, not at all. <laughs> my forehand sucked. You know how Francis yeah, talks, yeah, that's like, how uh, he talks, like yeah. my forehand sucks. So you know, <laughs> all I could do is play high forehand down the line to the guy's backhand. I had a good backhand that would take on the rise and rip my backhand as hard as I could. Oh, and then the rest of the time I ran. Yeah. And it's it so funny, but that means he already had awareness about himself. Yeah. He knew what he could, what he could not do. And even though he was, you know, he sounded negative about his forehand, but at the same time, he won a lot of matches, a lot mm -hmm. of titles, even in the in the 14s, um, when he thought he was not that good. But at the same time, he made it better. And look at his forehand now. Like now he has a killer forehand. And, then yeah. he's, and he's going through some, some players who are top in the world. But, yeah. you know, same thing. He put the work. It was not perfect at the time. He accepted it. Mm -hmm. And he made the best of it. And he tried to use it tactically to win matches. Yeah, no, I was ready to put. I think all these guys—they were never uh, thinking that it would come easy. Yeah, that's definitely. that's a big deal because nowadays that's something I saw in Central America too. These yeah. players—they know it's going to be tough. I was talking to one of our coaches, Paula. Uh, Paula is from Argentina. She started with us a few months ago, mm -hmm. and uh, she's just fresh out of college. Fantastic girl. Uh, I was asking her, you know, what the culture is in Argentina, and she's like, oh, "Everyone thinks they can be pro." You know, it doesn't matter. Like, the level doesn't matter. They believe. Because coaches make you believe. Because parents make you believe. And many times it's impossible. But they believe. And yeah. they're going to fight so hard because of it. And they don't care if they're much worse than someone. They can be put with someone on court who's uh, supposedly much better, supposedly much worse. They're going to give everything. And that's yeah. exactly the mindset we need to bring. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, so tennis seems to be moving towards a team sport with competitions such as the Davis Cup, the Labor Cup, World Team Tennis, and, of course, the College Team Tennis. What are the main differences in competition mindset 
and philosophy when it comes to tennis as an individual sport versus a team sport? That's a good question. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> definitely different motivation first. Obviously, playing for something bigger than yourself. Uh, that's, you know, some players excel doing this. Some players maybe do not care as much if they're a little bit more self-centered. Mm -hmm. But um, different distractions as well. Because now you have, you know, sometimes there's a crowd. But when, when the crowd doesn't know the two players on the court, they might clap for the shots and so on. But then when you play a team competition, the crowd is going to have a favorite. And there's going to be sides for sure. So now, different distraction. And sometimes, we, you know, you're talking about college tennis, for example. Yeah. Um, one of the players I used to, co to work with, uh, she was in the final of NCAAs against Stanford and at Stanford. And some of the... Some of the frat boys in the back of the court were looking her, looking her up on Facebook to see what she liked, what she didn't like, and were literally making fun of her during the match. Oh my God, she watched that show. Oh my God, you must you must be so stupid. No wonder you couldn't be at you couldn't be at Stanford. You're not smart <laughs> enough. We're really trying to get in her head yeah. during the match, and well, those things you you have to deal with with it on the moment because it gets a little bit more personal, I think, than uh, when you play someone you know and you're playing for money for yourself. Right. And um, so dealing with those distractions is probably harder. And do you think being like um, on a team, like a tennis team, you have more of an external motivation? With of course. Teammates? Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, the, the teammates and if we're talking about representing your country, that's, a, yes, that's, 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 huge. that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, Ben, those are some great insights on JTCC's competition philosophy. Thank you again for being here. Please don't forget to look for JTCC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And please subscribe to the podcast to be notified when a new episode is up. I'm Nicole Panka, and thank you for tuning in. Thanks for the opportunity.